We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Entering the Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience Week 12 Rankings Breakdown presented by DraftKings. If you want to play in the best tournament on DraftKings, hit the description, find the link to the Pat Mayo Experience DraftKings Open. $15 to play, three max entry, no rake, thus making it the best tournament on DraftKings. 2,500 spots open this week for the Sunday Main Slate Contest. And it's going pretty quickly, so I suggest that you get in right now. Also, smash the like button for the video in the comment section. Give me your favorite sleeper wide receiver of the week. And if you got questions, uh, direct those to the Monday show or the Friday evening show. And there's Thanksgiving content up already. Spread Picks Thanksgiving show already out. DraftKings show for the Thanksgiving slate already out. And you can find all of my rankings up on DKPlaybook.com. They have already been released. They will get updated every day because a lot of COVID-less news is changing the rankings at a moment's notice. So I can't do that in video form because the video will already be out. So I can do that in rankings form because I can update those articles. You can find all of those in the description of this video and podcast. Plus, if you want to get access to start sit tools, split stats, air yards, highly recommend you go to ftnfantasy.com right now. Uh, there's a rest of the season sale on, I believe it's $19.99 for the rest of the season. You get access to all of the premium tools. If you're serious about winning your league, I suggest you go check that out. Use code Mayo. Tell them Pat sent you. You can find that link down in the description as well. Joining me on the line from theathletic.com at Kid on the Twitter box. Jake Seeley, what's happening, man? What's up? How, how come you don't have week 13 rankings already out? I don't know. It's I forgot to do the rankings last night. Like I just the Thanksgiving week really throws me off because I got ahead of so much content. Film two extra shows on the Monday than we normally do. And then I usually do my rankings on Monday evening. I sit down, I parse everything out, get my research in. So I got my research in and then I just straight up forgot to do the rankings. Like my kids started waking up around like 10 p.m. And I got a text being like, yeah, you sent a number of the rankings tonight? I was like, oh, yeah, the rankings. And then I was up to like 3 a.m. 
<laughs> and you must be like really tired because I said week 13. I was making a joke that you had everything else already super out in advance and it's week 12. So I, I mean, no, I, yeah. I, I do. You're, you're super tired. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not great. And I got like four hours of shows to film today, but I don't want to complain because I love doing this and I love that everyone out there is watching. Please, if you want to see more videos, more content, more podcasts, subscribe to Mayo Media Network. If you are watching this on YouTube right now and you're not subscribed, Give your head a shake. Take the three seconds. Subscribe, all right? Thank you. Let's jump into it. Running back rankings for week 12. Here's the injury report that I got going on right now, and this is how the rankings will be reflected. Now, if one of these guys is declared out or in that I have out, guess what? The rankings change. You can find them in the description. I don't need to hear, but that guy is actually playing. Um, I don't know if you know this. Uh, it's Friday, and I know you filmed this on Tuesday, but uh, here's the new news. No, 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 no. Just check the rankings. They'll be updated. Trust me. Miles Gaskin, DeAndre Swift, David Montgomery, Chris Carson, Raheem, Colonel Mostart. And Tevin Coleman, I have, is in the rankings. Likely out, Austin Eckler and Christian McCaffrey. Out for sure. Mixon, David Johnson, Justin Jackson, Chris Thompson, LaMichael Pirine, Rex Burkhead, Mark Ingram, and J.K. Dobbins will not be playing on Thursday. Does that sound about right to you? Sounds about right. Uh, I was already looking, and I, I can't wait to get to your boy. I'm surprised he's as loaded as he is. Ooh, Gus Bus? Yeah. It's not a great matchup. And Justice Hill, for uh, some reason, was just on the field last week. I don't know what's going on there. I mean, I understand that the Steelers have actually been more vulnerable the last three or four games. So and some of it's the competition they face, but they haven't been that stout worry about them in the beginning of the season defense that I, I would say I, I legitimately surprised you didn't have them inside your top 20. Yeah. And now looking at it, this seems like a really late night, late night ranking. I'm not going to lie to you because I'm looking at the guys above. Them, I was like, <laughs> I wouldn't play Zach Moss over Gus Edwards. What am I doing here? This is why I have you on. So you can pick these apart. It's part of the show. <laughs> I just, I act, I purposely put him there, Jake. So you could move him up. That's what yeah, I'm that's going what with. <laughs> that's, that's like last week where everybody like, how, how do you not rank Tyreek Hill in the top 10? Well, that's because you forgot. To rank I, him I, I, all I, yeah, I forgot. I forgot to put him in the rankings. He ended up at number four. So that worked out. Okay. I know. <laughs> Delvin Cook, I have number one in the rankings. And if you do notice anyone who's not there, it's probably just me being a moron and forgetting to rank them uh, and put them in. So I have Delvin Cook at number one, Kamara, James Robinson, Derek Henry, DeAndre Swift, assuming he plays, Josh Jacobs, Mike Davis, Aaron Jones, Chris Carson, and Kareem Hunt. That goes into Nick Chubb. Yes, I have Hunt over Chubb here. He has four goal line touches to Chubb's one over the past two games. They've both been back, so more likely to score a touchdown right now, probably Kareem Hunt. Chubb, Miles Sanders, Antonio Gibson, Ezekiel Elliott, Giovanni Bernard, Miles Gaskin, James Conner, David Montgomery, Wayne Gallman, and Kalen Balaj at the Buffalo Bills. How high should I move up Gus Edwards here? Would you play him over? You play him over Gallman for sure. Would you play him over David Montgomery? Yes. You would against the Packers and knowing that Edwards is not going to be involved in the receiving game. It's still, it's David Montgomery, and it is a great matchup. But it was something we talk about this entire year, and I always go back to is I won't always overrate the match. I'm not saying you're overrating the matchup, but I'm not going to let that skew what David Montgomery is. I know he's going to get the majority of the volume because that one game without it was mostly Cordell Patterson. So forget the Artavis Pierce, forget every Ryan Nall, anybody else that's on this team. It still should be David Montgomery nearing 20 touches, but. I still have a lack of faith in what David Montgomery is. At least I know Gus Edwards is good, even if it's 14. And then he's going to get the goal line work. So if you want to go David Montgomery, I'm not going to fault you for it. But you're asking me, you always say this is like, this is how I would play them. I would play Gus Edwards over David Montgomery. Would you play Gus Edwards over James Conner? No, even though I'm legit. Like, what did I tell you last week is Benny Snell and him were tied in goal to go opportunities and touchdowns. 
And now Benny Snell's ahead of him because he just stole, like he just took it away from him in that game. And that was a game where James Conner looked good. I'm concerned about James Conner. I can see the case for Edwards. I can honestly see the case for Edwards over Gaskin, not knowing how much work Gaskin's going to get in his first game back. With and uh, now it's not been inspiring play, but Savan Ahmed, if I get his name correctly, has been performing kind of like David Montgomery. So I don't know that Gaskin's going to step in right back to 18 plus touches. So I think he deserves to be in the conversation with these guys at least. Uh, I have confidence that if Gaskin is active, that he's going to go back to being the guy. That's how they have been so. all year long. And he has both the roles. It's not like Ahmed was doing much in the receiving game. Gaskin actually will. Turns out, like, why did the Dolphins trade for Matt Brady at the beginning of the year? Was that just for like fun or something to do? I legitimately don't know. We talk about it all the time as explosiveness as opportunities when he's got the ball, you know, not a lead guy. It's very similar to Jarek McKinnon, but even more upside than Jarek McKinnon as we've seen in past years. But until this point, you know, maybe when they brought him in and they trade him, maybe they saw that even before being hurt and missing as much time as he did, maybe he's lost it. Maybe not quite T.Y. Hilton, but he just doesn't have that. He's the fastest man in the NFL. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. DeAndre Swift, I have at number five. I, I don't envision any scenario where I would bench him against the Texans if he's active. But let's say he's out. Would you play carry-on or AP? Because although it was carry-on last week and a huge advantage in the snaps, I think this game is going to be closer. And you can definitely run on Houston, no problem, as you should have been able to do to Carolina as well. And just that offense looked putrid. I think I would still go back to Adrian Peterson over carry-on here. I think I would still lean that way as well, uh, but I don't have a ton of confidence in either one. And it's not because of last week. It's not this matchup versus last week. It's just what it really comes down to is they had a gift matchup, but it's Matthew Stafford. That thumb, it's throwing thumb. That offense looked miserable, and Stafford was part of the problem. I don't know that Matthew Stafford is not going to torpedo this offense until his thumb is okay, and maybe it is okay. Maybe it's not as bad as like the reports make it sound because he broke his thumb, fractured thumb, and maybe he just needed a week or two to heal. And Stafford, see, that's the thing. If I knew Stafford was 100%, I'd say like Adrian Peterson, probably RB2 range. I would have put him there. La- I actually, I think I put him there last week and I would have him there again. But I do have legitimate concerns of what Stafford is. Do you worry about Alvin Kamara? with Taysom Hill at running back. The fact that he's not being used as a primary receiver out of the backfield and Hill is going to steal goal. I know he scored the touchdown, but outside of that, like if Kamara doesn't score a touchdown in that game, it's a really bad fantasy day for him. Uh, Hill is going to steal goal line touches and he's just going to steal carries overall. No, so my concern isn't even so much Taysom Hill. I mean, that's part of it, yes. So the Taysom Hill comparison, I don't know if we talked about it at the time, because at that time, I think it was still Jameis Winston, potentially. We all thought he was starting on Tuesday last week, so it was after that. But I guess what I brought up in the Athletic Podcast, he's essentially Cam Newton. And if uh, Taysom Hill, in his own right, if he doesn't get a rushing touchdown, if he doesn't get two, he's not a top-10 quarterback. If he only had the one, we'd be like, oh, Taysom Hill, okay, QB 14 or whatever. But so that's a little bit concerning for the backfield. I think it's more the injury because Latavius Murray had 12 carries and had some passing game work. Actually, more because Kamara didn't even catch his what do you have one target or two targets? Whatever it might be. It broke his streak of catching a pass in every game, did it? Yeah. So that's more my concern than anything. That's Latavius Murray's usage last week makes me think that maybe Kamara is not 100%. So when you add the two together, if you just told me Taysom Hill in his own right, you know, this is what I said in the waiver column. Somebody asked me why I didn't put him in my worry section. But it's like, so Kamara's RB 
seven instead of RB two or three. So what? Uh, but if he's not a hundred percent, then that's where the worry would come in. So I guess the issue for me right now is that if I was like projecting this out and doing my rankings off projections, Camaro would not be up this high, but I just don't envision myself in a scenario where I'd be like James Robinson over Elvin Kamara. That's the decision I'm making this week. That might be the right decision. <laughs> and it could be a decision that people have because they might have Derrick Henry or Josh Jacobs as well. That's a realistic team that you could have like that's plausible based on draft in a pickup like that's all that is i I would still start camara i would just give it another go yeah i I would as well i don't see how you bench camara if you want to nitpick out there as you see people do all the time somebody wants to say he deserves to be behind aaron jones and somebody wants to put him at number four who cares you're starting him and that that's really what it comes down to all right. Anyone else in this like 10 to 20 range that you have a problem with? I have Giovanni Bernard at number 15 with Mixon out. I think it's unfair to rate this offense with Ryan Finley coming into the game against a Washington pass defense. It's really good. So there's that part of it as well. The Giants pass defense is also quite good, but not as good as the Washington footballs. I just think having a week of practice of being the starter is going to make the offense look a little bit better than it did in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I, I definitely think that could be the case. Uh, something else I was looking up. I mean, do you want me to go more in depth of that? I just agree with you on that one. I was looking something up while we were also talking about this. Uh, was it about running backs or was it about the Cincinnati offense? Running backs. No, oh, running backs. Oh, then you present your point. Hey, 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 listen, if you're good to go, no, no, no. We, we don't need to. Ha- if we both agree on something, we can just say, yeah, that sounds, 15 sounds about right. So I wanted to go back because I was looking up the last two games and the goal to go when you were talking about Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb and because I was shocked. I wanted to see what the actual number was. Actually, Nick Chubb only has one attempt in goal to go since he came back and Kareem Hunt has five, to to your point. Yeah, and he got absolutely stuffed. That was last week. Yeah, so there. I was was interested to see once you brought that up. So five to one in the two games since he's been back. And it's really weird because this was an issue for Chubb last year too. Like the goal to go situations from like the one yard line. You'd be like, oh yeah, we're going for yeah, it on fourth down. <laughs> we're only running one play, Nick Chubb up the middle. And he's going to get stuffed every single time. I know. And last year we were blaming it on Freddie Kitchens and blaming it on the offense and blaming the offensive line. And, and maybe Nick Chubb's just not good in this situation. Yeah. There's just one problem. He's not any good. <laughs> And his finger paintings suck. And his finger paintings do suck. Uh, Well, actually, you know what? I don't know about that. I don't want to cast aspersions (laughs) on the man's artistic (laughs) career. Gallman at 20. I don't love Gallman, but it's a good matchup, and he's he's the guy. That's worth something. It is worth something. So there's another section I have in my waiver column. It's called Patriots Games. It's like the backfields I don't want to screw around with. And initially, the Giants were there a few weeks ago, but now they're gone. And Wayne Gallman's officially in the hay. You had to have picked them up by now and you have to play them and it's a good matchup. I mean, let's be honest about what we would expect from this game is that there's a lot looking here where you could say Goldman feels like a solid play because the Giants defense is better than people give him credit for because there's the percep- perception around the Giants that they still stink. We see the fact that Ryan Finley's at quarterback and we've seen Ryan Finley at quarterback. So we assume this would be a game with way, the way the Giants were playing before the bye with how their defense is with Daniel Jones actually not turning the ball over. This should be a game where they're up and playing ball control. And Alfred Morris even comes into play. But you would say that Wayne Gallman's a solid top 20 play with not the best ceiling, but a very high floor. 
So I've moved, like I said, Gus Edwards to number 18 in the rankings, ahead of Gullman and ahead of David Montgomery in this regard. It's just so weird without bye weeks. All of us, it feels like we've had, what have we had since week four we've had bye weeks? That normally when we get into like the 20 and 21 range and I have like Kalen Balage at 21 and Kenyon Drake at 22, like these are guys that have been coming in at like 16 and 17 in the ranks. Like you almost have to play them because <laughs> there are no other options. Now you like you have real choices. So 21 to 30, Balage, Drake, J.D. McKissick, my guy, um, he's helping me storm back in your flex league, Jake. Uh, J.D. McKissick's been a real revelation for me. <laughs> Damian Harris, Raheem Mostert, Zach Moss, Duke Johnson. Ooh, jumped on me there. Where are we at? Todd Gurley, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and then Ronald Jones against the Kansas City Chiefs. Don't really know. What the, like, what do we do with Mostert? Because at his best, he would be good, <laughs> but... I don't know what the role is going to be coming out of the bye week, coming off of injury. Tevin Coleman's going to be back. Jericho likely doesn't have dead legs anymore. Jermichael Hasty is dead. Like, how much run do you think Monster gets here against the Rams? Because <laughs> if they get down, all of a sudden he might not play that much. Uh, but in the past, he has he hasn't lost as much as like some other situations where it'd be like a uh, you know Derrick Henry all of a sudden isn't on the field a lot when the Titans have been down and you see Jeremy McNichols and Darrington Evans for the one time he was healthy, so it's not even getting pulled like that. Uh, it is a little bit of a concern, but I gotta tell you, if I have Mostert and it's first game back, I don't care if it's tenth game back or first game back. The one thing, like I don't want to deal with Kyle Shanahan. He's in the Patriots games. That backfield is except when Mostert's healthy. The one thing he's proven to us, and of course it could go, look, this could get, screw you over. I'm not saying you have to start Mostert, but if I have Mostert and I've been waiting on this entire time, I'm plugging him back out there because Shanahan's entire career, the one person he's used consistently is Raheem Mostert. I don't know why. I mean, we've seen all these running backs have success, but whatever it is, he loves some Raheem Mostert. So I would probably feel better about him than trying to pick between the two and Drake and Edmonds against the Patriots. Uh, but you know, that, that you know, it's only a few spots higher. I would like him better than Kalen Balaj just because Balaj is just kind of eh. So I would go a little bit higher for ceiling, but I understand. Look, we know the risk is you get three points. There is significant risk with Moster. And I don't think that there is that sort of risk with Balaj or even Kenyon Drake at this point. Now, I don't think that they're going to have 30 point days where Moster could, right. but they won't leave you and hanging either. Moster. Like they'll, they'll, they'll tread enough water that'll be fine. Yeah, see, and with a full of no buys, I feel like most people who have Mostert might be able to absorb that risk more than they usually could. But if you can't, don't do it. The one right in front of them, I can't believe we're talking about these two backfields. As soon as I trust Damian Harris, I know it's going to, look, we're just going to get knocked out. Like TKO, Mike Tyson punched us in the face. But Damian Harris, now Rex Burkhead is out, so that James White just slides back into the James White role, which Rex Burkhead has stolen away from him. Sony Michelle, they they don't care that Sony Michelle is active or not, or healthy or not. They're not even making him active for that first game back when he was healthy. Well, he, I know he, he, it's he, Belichick. He, he may may he may or may not actually be healthy. If they had not activated him, he would have had to sit the year based on injured reserve rules. Okay. So so he might still be hurt, but they had to activate him off of injured reserve to maybe have but access wasn't to he, two weeks from now but wasn't he a game day active last week i don't think so i thought he was actually or maybe, he, maybe he was they, I, I thought he had been maybe like, i i don't know I, that that's it's a weird situation either way the right now <laughs> it's damian harris and it's i like to see that's the problem is and part of it might just be the fact that i'm a damian harris fan 
is I like Damian Harris and the usage is there right now. And someone to most are, I know we're, we're facing, Hey, he's got three carries. And then all of a sudden it's a Sony Michelle game. If he is active this week and wasn't last week, but I gotta, I, I like Damian Harris more than your boy McKissick. Uh, and more than Balage. I'm just going to keep going back to Balage. I would start Harris and Mostert over Balage, but I understand you having Balage where you do. Yeah, I, I like Balage where he's at, and I like McKissick more than Harris. I just think that floor is so much higher. Obviously, the two-touchdown game probably isn't in the range of outcomes for J.D. McKissick, but he's basically like 14 points every week. Except, I don't think he did last week, though. No, last week he did had he? a down game. He's also not ranked number two in the rankings, either. He's number... 20, <laughs> I didn't say he was ranked number two. But, but, I just, but like, what, I just, what is it? Six of the past seven weeks, he scored at least double-digit points. And a few of those, he's had over 20. Like, it's pretty good. Full well, half-point PPR. Are we talking full or half-point PPR? Even half-point half PPR is only three. It's three weeks. Three weeks. Three weeks what? Three, three of the last five games, he's had double digits in half-point PPR. Okay. Still pretty good. So... It's just, it's more a concern of like Alex Smith and what kind of version do we get of Alex Smith? If we get Alex, here's, here's where McKissick feels even low is if the Cowboys offense is woken up with Andy Dalton, who, by the way, oh, look, one bad game and a half of a game where he got knocked out of it hasn't torpedoed his entire career of Andy Dalton being a serviceable mid-level quarterback. So if this Cowboys offense is back and can do something against Washington, the Washington defense is very strong and kind of push the pace, you know, Alex Smith is going to throw it 35 times. And the best part about Alex Smith throwing it 35 times, about half of those are going to the backfield and Jamie McKissick or short routes. That's, that's what's good about Alex Smith. So there's your upside. I'm just looking at your flex league right now. I just uh, resubmitted my team. Oh, I have to. Yes. I, yes. I think that those players are correct. Submit change. Oh no. I have too many people on my team now. Great. Yeah, we're, we're getting off that side anyway. Yeah. That site <laughs> is fucking terrible. Like it is the absolute worst. I can't figure out how to like pick people up. Like it's, it's not great. <laughs> you um, almost made me do a spit take, <laughs> but my team is potentially finally healthy for the first time all season. And I've rallied <laughs> back into the playoffs. So watch out for my team. I zero RB. I now have the running backs of Gaskin, James Robinson, Damian Harris, and JD McKissick. If Alvin Kamara gets hurt and has to miss time, you wait till I unleash Latavius Murray on you. <laughs> you know, how, how happy would you be if like Kamara missed a game to keep him healthy? For hey, the playoffs? Look, listen, if it happens in the fantasy playoffs, I am all, if he wants to set out weeks 14, 15 and 16, because the saints are cruising. <laughs> I am all, having Latavius Murray on every team. I would be all for that. <laughs> but when I did this strategy, I remember I did the video for it. I did the live draft with Tim and people absolutely railed my team. Cause I just, I had the fifth pick. So I took Michael Thomas. I didn't take one of the other running backs. I should have taken Dalvin cook, but you know, here we are. We're past it but the whole point of it because i took kelsey in the second round and i took kyler in the fifth round with the point being that since i'm not going to have a top end running back i'm gonna have to piece that together and i'm gonna have to try to find who i think has the best potential path to being the number one player at their position and just hope to wipe the floor with everyone there and i end up with kyler murray and travis kelsey i think that i think i hit on those, those two objectives yeah, I, I don't blame you at all for going the route that you did. And, you know, if you went Kittle, that kind of burned some people, depending on what quarterback you went. It, anything can we know this. Any strategy can work. It's just whether or not which risk do you want to absorb? I mean, I have one uh, industry best ball dynasty, super whatever. And kind of similar to you is Russell Wilson early. And my first two non Russell Wilson picks were actually Kelsey and Waller. So I'm in second place and dominating despite having injuries at wide receiver and running back. Yeah, the the rounds one and rounds three, Michael Thomas, Kenny Galladay have not been doing me well. But, you know, just even getting like Michael Pittman and Christian Kirk, like these guys have been fine filling in uh, that I've been able to tread enough water here. Let's get back to running backs. Gurley against the Vegas Raiders. 
if Gurley doesn't score a touchdown, he's like the worst running back in the league, isn't he? <laughs> he's not the worst. He's just an RB3 most weeks. That was his worst game in a long time. Actually, that was his worst game of the season. Correct me if I'm wrong. And the one part about it is the Saints run defense is a very concerning matchup that people, that's another one perception is people don't usually realize that the Saints, because they're so good on one thing and not the other. Yeah, that was his worst game, 3.4. He's only had two other single digit performances. Granted, a lot of it's coming with touchdowns. I agree with you because it's not a lot of use in the passing game, not a lot of touchdowns, but we're talking about 46 being the low yardage. Usually he's hovering in 60 to 80 yards range. So no, it's not the worst running back in the league, but he's an RB3, and that's the problem, is he's right now ranked as a fringe RB1 because of all the touchdowns. So, yes, very touchdown-reliant, but he's not the worst running back. He's not good. He's, he's very bad. <laughs> what was he, like, three three yards per carry this year? I don't think he's that bad. It's 3.7. He no. was 3.8 last year. He's just what he was last year with touchdowns. Yeah, and he's not catching passes at all. I was really concerned to see them fall behind in that game last week and have Brian Hill outsnap him. That the moment that they get down, they're just going away from him, which is not great when you're so in Atlanta is that what you're... and you're not any good. <laughs> so that's what you're concerned about this week as well, as they fall down to the way the Raiders' offense is turning? Not even that. It's just how bad the Falcons' offense has been when Julio Jones isn't on the field. Yeah, so I, so there's two things. I looked up this year. There's a lot of talk about that, about the no Julio Jones and I looked at Matt Ryan's numbers with no Julio Jones, and he's faced Chicago in one of them, the uh, Panthers twice, once with Julio, once without. Those games were almost identical, even though he had Julio for one of them. And what was the other game? It was another really tough matchup. So he's faced like three or four top 10 defenses with no Julio. So I'm not saying Matt Ryan deserves a complete pass, but he's also been stuck with no Julio in one of the worst possible matchups of the week. I mean, this matchup is harder than the Carolina matchup. Not in the secondary. Carolina's secondary has actually been very tough this year. People just assume because their run defense is so terrible. I would take that the pressure that Vegas, I almost said Oakland, can generate over the secondary. Oh, pressure. And all of those rookies. Yeah, and that's going to be bad for Matt Ryan, who sacked, what, like 20 times last week? (laughs) No, but so let me pull it up right now. I can just tell you, like, where they're giving up on quarterbacks versus the two. I mean, maybe it's closer. I don't remember all the numbers off the top of my head, but I can check for you. So quarterbacks comparison wise. So let's see Atlanta or wait, no, Atlanta was about to say Atlanta. So Las Vegas, that's what we're looking for. They are middle of the pack. They're almost dead on the league average. Carolina is negative two points. And then at wide receiver, Carolina is even worse than that. They're negative five over average and Las Vegas is dead on the average again. So they're again, they're stronger against the past than people realize. They're not look, they're not the elite shutdown team, but they're almost a top 10 against wide receivers defense, which we're talking purely for fantasy, and they're better than middle of the pack against quarterbacks. I think that might have something to do with scheduling. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like Tampa Bay has beat them mm-hmm. up twice. The Saints don't really pass. No, this accounts for scheduling. This accounts for scheduling. So the the fe- yes. so Oakland or the Vegas is actually worse is what you're telling me because they played Kansas City twice and that probably factors them up a bit. No, no, no. So that factors what this accounts for scheduling. So if you face Patrick Mahomes 16 times and you face uh, <laughs> Ryan Finley 16 times, this would account for that. This accounts for it's adjusted points allowed. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So Vegas is actually they're better in your rankings than they are in actuality because they've played Patrick Mahomes twice and Justin Herbert. Correct. Okay. So they're actually 
worse than you would if you talked equal footing. They're worse. Like they're weaker against the pass than the Panthers are. Okay, just looking at it right now. Gave up forty six to the Bucks, thirty three to the Chiefs. They give up almost like they must be giving up like thirty two points a game. I think I'll take my chances against Carolina's defense. Except for Who's this big goose egg. The Vegas or the Carolina? What's that? Uh, both of them, actually. <laughs> Looking at it right now, they gave up 34 <laughs> to Vegas. Uh, they gave 31 to the Bucks, 16 to the Chargers, which is pretty good in Herbert's second start. 21 to the Cards, 16 to the Falcons. 23 to the Bears, 27 to the Saints, 25 to the Falcons. 33 and to a lot the of Chiefs, it's like, 46 to the, the Bucks. The Panthers is a lot of it is against the run. They're fourth best for opponents. They're They're obliterated by the run up there with green bay and houston and detroit hmm. well now this is very interesting <laughs> i'm gonna dive deeper <laughs> well i i, I want to make sure that i get get this right in terms of the rankings when i go through them all like i mean you're gonna start to, like it's it's a lot like even dallas last week where i think from time to time like cook should have had a bigger game that he cook had a big game but he should have had a bigger game do you know what i mean Exactly. I yeah, 100%. And Cook, I mean, honestly, you're talking about this matchup. Cook should have 150 yards. He should. Easy. But he all should. of a sudden, if they just run play action at the goal line, and I don't know if Adam Thielen's going to play or not because he's on the COVID list right. now. But all of a sudden, he's pulling in one-handed touchdowns in the back of the end zone. It's like, oh, there go the Dalvin Cook points. And that little that's the one thing I don't like about fantasy points per game. I think over a larger sample, obviously, it's going to look a lot better and give you a more realistic option about each position and where teams are bad. But little things like that can affect it so so much that if you have like a very top end quarterback, we see it with Derrick Henry all the time, like just sitting there tilting uh, the Tennessee and Baltimore <laughs> game from last week when Henry should have had these touchdowns in the first half, they just kept running play action off him. And then everyone else on the field is open. <laughs> right. So, and that's what I always say with the adjusted points allowed to, it's to make tie break decision. It's like, you know, if Dalvin Cook is facing the Tampa Bay run defense, you're not benching Dalvin Cook for Wayne Gallman facing the Bengals. Like, you're not doing that. This is to try and help you make the decision between Balage and Gallman and Damian Harris. Like, these are the that's the stuff that you're having the conversation with. Any, or DFS. It's very helpful for DFS. It can be, yeah. And but a lot of that just goes down to value, too, in terms of pricing. Right. I'd rather just take the the lower-owned, lower-price guy, or even lower-owned, higher-price guy, and just try to get some leverage on the field. But that's a different discussion than just objectively starting one guy or another guy. Jones or Fournette? Ronald Jones? <laughs> no, neither. Well, I've been saying you, that all year well, long. Well, okay, you, you can't say neither. You have to pick Yes, one. you can. This you, week, you, you can. No, you can't. This you can't. You have to pick one, Jake. Yes, Ongabawale, put him back on the team. <laughs> one of them is has to be ranked above the other Keyshawn one. Keyshawn Vaughn. He was no, he was but, even inactive. Wait, oh, you're just saying one has to be above the other? Yeah, so higher in the rankings. Which one should it be? Fournette. See, I have Ronald Jones. Because it's passing. They they, they that dude dropped what? How many passes last night? And they still had him on the field. He is clearly the passing down running back. <sighs> they got to go away from that though, don't they? And it's like the every other know. game with these guys that they score a touchdown. So two weeks that's, ago, it was that's Jones. why I said neither. Last week, it was Fournette. Now it's Ronald Jones. And there's going to be points scored in this game. That's the thing. So if there's, it's and there be, was points scored last night, but not from the running back. I mean, Fournette scored a touchdown. Yeah, Fournette had a touchdown last night. He had a receiving touchdown, didn't he? Um, did I? Did, um, am I misremembering that? If he did, well, no. I mean, I it might, might have been when I took the Barkley up for a walk, real quick. I'm pretty sure that he scored the second touchdown of the game. I, I, I told you. My no. Mind, my mind. No. He did Godwin, not. Godwin, Evans, and 
Godwin and Evans. And, oh, Fournette had a rushing. He had a rushing touchdown. touchdown. That's right. Yeah. That's so. See, that's whatever. I, I, I'm done trying to predict this backfield. You can pick who you want. I'm not guest ranking anybody on this team. You can do what you want. How about Indianapolis backfield? Hines, then Taylor, then Wilkins. It seems like Hines' role is now becoming relatively established that he's going to have at least a floor uh, in half point PPR where, you know, if he doesn't score the two touchdowns, he might have no upside. But like if it swung back to Jordan Wilkins this week over Jonathan Taylor, like that, that's very much on the table. Yeah, we did this at the beginning of the season when Jonathan Taylor had over 20 carries. And then the next couple of weeks, he was usually around 13, 14, 15. He was actually on a consistent run. Then he fumbled. Then we started this three-game stretch of what the hell is going on. And now he's back again. So, sure, Jonathan Taylor, I'm going to have to see a second game. And some people can't wait and don't want to wait. And if you want to start Jonathan Taylor and hope that we're back to Jonathan Taylor getting about 15 touches at least with the upside for 20, I have no problem with it. But for me to feel confident and saying you need to start Jonathan Taylor, I have to see a second game of it. We've done this dance already. And that's why I'm a little hesitant. And Naeem Hines would have had a fine game with Jonathan Taylor doing what he did. If that touchdown didn't come back, unfortunately, Adam Schefter just tweeted out as we're recording the show, the Ravens now have five players and four staffers test positive for COVID-19. No word yet on who else is affected by hot besides Edmund or uh, J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram. Uh, I'm guessing it's Hollywood Brown because he is bad at socially distancing. <laughs> so uh, the best tweet I saw somebody yesterday was that I would say Hollywood Brown's probably caught it, but he's not catching anything. So there yeah, you go. there's just a lot of ways to spin this. People are just pile, piling dirt on the poor guy right now. I watch him go off on things. Hey, you're welcome for that last week, by the way. What? When I said you need to drop him about 20 spots in your rankings. You were good. I dropped him 15 spots, so you made me a bit more right or a bit less wrong. Let's put it that way. We were, I was technically still wrong. I should have said drop him out of your rankings. What do we do with Duke Johnson? Because he has been horrible since being the starter. You have to. It's the lesser version of David Montgomery. He's just... We talked about it last week and said that, you know, there's a reason some of these teams don't give running backs more opportunities and everybody wants to free these guys. But sometimes these NFL coaches know their talent and Duke Johnson's just not a lead running back talent, but the volume is still going to be there. The only person getting carries outside of him is Watson, which I mean, I guess what CJ process, maybe two. So you have to start Duke Johnson if you're thin at running back, but because we have no buys, maybe hopefully you can get him to your bench. So the rest of the guys in this like 31 to 40 range, you got Hines, Edmonds, James White, who's like playable again now. Melvin Gordon, Saints are just a bad matchup. And fumbling on the one-yard line again, that's like a trademark of Melvin Gordon at this point. Jonathan Taylor, Latavius Murray, Jamal Williams, Daryl Henderson, Philip Lindsay, and Devin Singletary. I don't know what to do with the Rams running backs. I, I nope. would guess. Nothing. I, I, it's almost like the Tampa Bay situation, except there's an extra guy to go around, which is never. Guys. Been. Don't forget, Robert Woods gets two carries. They give a snap to Tyler Higby out of the backfield. It's almost like the Colts when they start giving handoffs to Trey Burton. Yeah. Sean McVay legitimately. Sean McVay just probably standing there on the sidelines like this. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that's the order I have them. I think you're good until now. By the way, to go back to the Colts, Frank Wright even, we got asked about it yesterday, and he goes, I'm sorry for all your fancy people. I'm surprised somebody, he responded to a fancy question. He said, but that's the way we roll. So there you go. Well, I mean, it's a good real life practice. It's a horrible yeah. fantasy practice. I, I understand it from the perspective of trying to win games. It's just bad for us. 
Yeah. I mean, Belichick's been doing it for years. You play the matchups and you play what you think is going to work the best. It doesn't it always Reich's not as good as Belichick is at it and definitely not as good as Shanahan is at it. But some of these teams are going to do it. McVay's been doing it to us this entire year. Am I too low on Frank Gore at number 55? <laughs> yes. I can't, just, but, I can't imagine myself playing Frank Gore. I just can't. They just activated Josh Adams to the, to the roster, too. Did they? Yeah. Uh, but see, it's Adam Gase, and he loves Frank Gore for some reason. I will mean, even, will they keep Frank Gore out of the Hall of Fame if he goes 0-16 in his final year? No, because we don't care about that's the NFL for you. We don't care about wins unless you're a quarterback. That's all we care about. He's like, he, you're on the team that went on 16. I don't, we don't care. You're the quarterback. Whole different story. I suppose that's true. I, it's funny because he's going to get in. I don't think that he's a Hall of Famer. I really don't. I we had that debate. I, I just, on I the don't, podcast. I don't, I just, for me personally, and obviously I'm not a voter, so it doesn't really fucking matter what I think. But if you're going to be a Hall of Famer, there has to be a point of time where in the league, you have to look at it and be like, oh, he was one of the three best players at his position over more than one year kind of thing. I think that's like the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. I can't recall if Frank Gore led the league in rushing when like, what, like 2006 with San Francisco. And even that year, he wasn't the best running back in the league. Sean Alexander was. No, uh, so, And Frank Gore will probably get in because nobody does what he does at the running back position, especially for the longevity. But he's counting stats. Let's, that's what he is. He's, he's basically built his career off counting numbers. To your point, is always being good, sometimes very good, but never to throw out the word elite. He's just never been on that elite level of like, but some people argue being able to do what he's done for as long as he's done is elite. So he'll probably get in with you. I wouldn't vote him in because I don't think of him being like one of the top five of like even in our generation of watching running backs of like a couple years, you know, I had a debate about what's his face, the Broncos running back for three Terrell Davis getting in and he three good, three great years. That's it. You know, who else had three great years that nobody wants in the hall of fame. Tiki Barber. He actually had three better years than if you look at it comparative wise to Terrell Davis, but Terrell Davis on a Super Bowl winning team to, to that, what you're kind of talking about there. Also, it's a lot of, it's going to be perception. I think the perception is going to get him in. I agree with Terrell Davis getting in. They won the two Super Bowls. That that does mean something, and he was the guy on that team. Right. But if you switch places and Tiki Barber was doing what he was doing for three years, I'm not arguing for Tiki Barber. I'm just... Yeah, but my you, point you, is you can't switch the places. I mean, the, the Super Bowls do count for something. That's been just been a long narrative of people getting into the Hall of Fame. It's like top right. end, you get you have your top end offensive linemen who make all the Pro Bowls and then offensive linemen from teams who won the Super Bowl multiple times. Right. So and that's your initial point about the 0 16. So it's yeah, a lot but, of it's but, going but, to be perception based. But it's not like Gore ended up with a Super Bowl either. Like he's just a guy. He's just, no. I, but I, again, how, how many playoff <laughs> games has Frank Gore played in? I wouldn't know. I would have to look it up. But again, what I'm saying is the perceptions, the argument you're going to get is nobody's ever done it for as long as he's done it, as good as he's done it. Like he's never been top five. Well, maybe top, maybe he's never been top three, which is what I think your statement was. But at the same time, he's been top 20 for 10 years. Yeah. Who can say that? That's true. I guess Emmett Smith hung on a really long time, but he was like the all-time leading rusher, and he had the three Super Bowls. Is Terrell Owens in the Frank Hall Gore's of Fame? Getting close. Tio's in the Hall of Fame, right? 
did he finally get in? Yeah, he was the is most he, I, I can't, I can't, ridiculous thing ever. I, I can't remember if he's in or if he's out. He should have been a first ballot hole. Th- that's what I'm saying. Like, you can't put Frank Gore and not have T.O. in, who was legit one of the best receivers. He's probably a top five receiver of all time. I feel like it was a year or two ago. Yeah, 2018. He, he so he did get in. in. Yeah, but they're like the fact that he didn't get in right away was... And I get. Oh yeah, because that- To had his own little party. Remember, he didn't go. <laughs> That's right. He had his little thing, like off to like what a couple miles away. Did he charge for it like John Daly does at the Masters? <laughs> I don't know, but he, I just the fact that he didn't go was great because they they just off at him. Uh, anything else on running backs? No. Okay. Tiki Barber's a Hall of Fame. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Tiki Barber's definitely not. <laughs> Where are you going to put Frank Gore? By the way, you that, you know you didn't settle on that. No, no, I'm going to keep him at 55. There's no way I'm playing Frank Gore. Oh, I'm playing Frank Gore over all of the Rams. No. Every single one of them. Not happening. Enjoy your one point. I will enjoy my eight points (laughs) because he's going to get 20 touches. At least he might get 20 touches and he might get his 43 yards. That's fine. At least with the Rams guys, you know, you spin the roulette wheel and they'll at least have a chance of scoring a touchdown. Sure. But that was my argument before about the other running backs we were having about the upside of Mostert. So, yeah, but we're not comparing Mostert to Frank Gore. No, but we're playing Frank Gore's four is better than all of them. And you, yeah, but but there's what, zero, he, but there's zero upside to be had. And he scores a touchdown like he did last week. There's not zero upside. So so he had what is one touchdown this year? Fantastic news. Uh, and he did it last week in a vault. What did he have? He had fourteen point one last week. All I'm right. not saying that's super exciting, but that's, that's so so a career high, so a career high game from Frank Gore. Now you're like, make, make him top ten. High. Career high game. Oh, you're such a dick. <laughs> Wide receiver rankings for week 12. Juju, Debo, John Brown, Adam Thielen, and Sammy Watkins I have in the rankings. Likely out, I have Julio Jones, Adam Humphreys, Kenny Galladay. Do I have Kenny Galladay in or out? Maybe I have him in. He's in? He's in the rankings. So that's just a mistake in the rankings on my part. I, I got to Not doing them right at Sleep. the normal time has really thrown me off. But he did practice on a limited basis on Monday. That's why I put him in. So Kenny Galladay is in. Out, Julio, Adam Humphreys, Danny, Danny Amendola, LaVisca Chenault, Randall Cobb, and Kenny Stills, Preston Wilson, and Julian Edelman both officially out. So the rankings, Keenan Allen, number one. My guy, scoring McLaurin, number two. Devontae Adams against the Bears, number three. Hopkins, DK Metcalf, Thielen, Tyree Kill, Tower Lockett, Michael Thomas, Allen Robinson. Into Calvin Ridley, Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown, Kenny Galladay, Stephen Diggs, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Deontay Johnson, DJ Moore, and Chris Godwin. Those are my top 20. Would you go DJ Moore over Robbie Anderson? Because I don't know who's starting is the problem. Uh, I have Teddy Bridgewater is in, and maybe that would lean me towards Robbie Anderson a little bit more. But are we waiting on this Robbie Anderson game where he scores like five touchdowns? Because he has one this season. He's fifth in the league in (laughs) In receiving yards, and it happened in week one. Yeah, so I'm going to continue what I uh, forget how many weeks ago it was. And I think I told you was the first person I told that I was going to do it. If not, somebody on Twitter. But it was about three weeks ago when I said, I can't get DJ Moore right. I don't care anymore. I'm just ranking him wide receiver 20. Similar to your like, guest rank of Mark Ingram. I was just, he's wide receiver 20. Good matchup, wide receiver 20. Bad matchup, wide receiver 20. Who's that quarterback? Don't care, wide receiver 20. Because he's unpredictable. He finishes his top 10 wide receiver or wide receiver 36. He's all over the map. And it doesn't matter. That's why because it doesn't matter who's that quarterback. It doesn't matter the matchup. DJ Moore is going to either come out huge or kind of have a quiet game because he's DJ Moore. And I'm not taking anything away from him, but it's Amari Cooper before Dak Prescott. You had to just always play him because you're going to likely miss out if you try to play the matchups. 
So if Teddy's in, I mean, DJ Moore would be 20 for me. I would feel better about Robbie Anderson. Yes, he's getting a ton of volume, but this is kind of the argument we had with Marquise Brown last week. Just because you're getting a huge opportunity doesn't mean it's always going to break right at some point. Robbie Anderson just might be Robert Woods at this point, where he's going to finish the season with three touchdowns total and maybe two more the rest of the way. The one intriguing one that I actually think in this situation, because we have no Christian McCaffrey, the Minnesota Vikings torched by slot wide receivers this year. They gave up the most touchdowns. They just gave up more in the last game to CeeDee Lamb in the slot, who spends 56% of the time in the slot, Curtis Samuel. All right, so I have Samuel down at 49. How high would you move him up then? Would you play Amare Cooper or Curtis Samuel? Oh, I, that's, I'd still go Cooper. Cooper Cooper, and CeeDee Lamb are actually getting about the same amount of volume in the full two starts of uh, Andy Dalton. So I would actually put him right there by Jalen Rager. Tyler you, Boyd, that's a good would spot you, for him. Would, would you play Rager against the Seahawks, or would you play Curtis Samuel? I'd play Rager and then put him in front of Tyler Boyd with Ryan Finley. I must say, Tyler Boyd was like the one guy who was relatively unaffected by Finley a, mm. a year Three ago. different performances. It just, got, it's, just, a, it's just now that A.J. Green is there and T. Higgins is there, so it might not right. be. And in when Finley came in, and it's not really – you can't glean too much from the end of the game, but he had eyes for T. Higgins, four targets uh, after Finley came in. Well, somebody tweeted it yesterday. Tyler Boyd, in his three games with Finley last year, one huge game, one like 80-yard performance. without a, It was actually a solid game and then actually a goose egg. So – kind of a little bit all over the map. And then what you brought up was the same point I brought up in the waiver column. That was also with no AJ Green and no T Higgins. So it's kind of tough. Yeah, I'm still good with T Higgins. I have him at number 32. We'll get to him in a second. So I have Curtis Samuel up to 39 in the rankings now. Other than that, like I, I think when you just kind of run down all of these giant situations, like for me, it's almost every week. I think it's going to be God. Godwin with a bullet, I think, is the... Tampa Bay receiver that you trust even when it didn't look like he was going to get there on Monday night he got there anyway it's almost the same with Pittsburgh like Claypool is going to have the highest ceiling but Deontay Johnson is just the best play every week and there's no question about it it's just Deontay Johnson Deontay Johnson's only bad games are when he's not been 100% going in or banged up in game that's the concern outside of that 100% from opening to finish of the game he's been like dominant I mean top 10 wide receiver so after that, 21 to 30, I have Robbie Anderson at number 21, Will Fuller, Chase Claypool, Jamison Cratter with Miami. This is with Darnold playing. If Flacco is playing, that goes way down. But I do think with Darnold, <laughs> Cratter can have a big game here. Michael Pittman against Tennessee. Debo Samuel expected to return at the Rams. I like this matchup for him. Going over the middle, Devontae Parker against the Jets. Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, DJ Chark at number 30. On Thursday, Brandon Cooks against the Lions. T. Higgins against the Giants. Beasley, Slayton, and Shepard back-to-back at 34 and 35. Fulgham, who I'm starting to really worry about, at 36. Cooper, Regor, Curtis Samuel, and Tyler Boyd at number 40. Yeah, is Fulgham too high, too? Because he still had seven targets last week. He's had one catch. Yeah, but too high. And you know me. It's the Seahawks. It's the Seahawks, No. Whoa, whoa, no, no. Hold on. First of all, Seahawks defense the last two weeks, now that they've been healthy, not... Not a world beater. They've been playing better. They're not the just start everybody against them. So I'm just, I'm not saying they're a bad matchup just to say that it's a little bit not as great as it used to be. It's still good, just not great. Uh, this is, I put this tweet out yesterday. I included it in my waiver column. So the concern I brought up to you and a lot of people about Fulgham once he became the number one is that he would start getting defensive treatment as the number one. Rager coming back healthy, Dallas Goddard being healthy. This is even before Zach Ertz is healthy. And Alshon. Is that Carson Wentz? Be- 
Yeah, Carson Wentz not having to force it to him. But here's the worst part about it. It's not just the not having to force it to him because you just brought up the seven targets. Catchable pass percentage from weeks four to eight before everybody got healthy, before their bye, 68.2% catchable passes for Fulgham. The last two games on his 12 targets, 16.7. For comparison, the rest of the team these past two weeks, Rager's at 67, Ward is at 80, Goddard's at 83, and Rogers is at 86%. 16.7 catchable percent. So he's not throwing his way. And then when he is, he's just getting, he's getting tough coverage and he's not throwing good balls to him. All right. So Hollywood Brown or Fulgham? Fulgham. Fulgham. <laughs> Darnell Mooney or Fulgham? Fulgham. All right. So I'm going to put I'll him. I'll still give him the boom bust of one more game potential, but where you're going with this, I would start Christian Kirk over him at this point. Yeah, that's what I'm going to put. I'm going to put. I'm going to put him in between Christian Kirk and Hollywood Brown. So at number 46 in the rankings. Why do you have Doug Judy so low? I haven't been real impressed. I kind. I mean, I still have him the highest of these guys, but Hamler's doing more. Judy appears to be a bit banged up over the past two weeks. Like he's okay. been on, he's been on the injury report. He's been playing, but ever since that breakout game against Atlanta, where he looked like stunning, and then got kind of banged up towards the end of it, it looks like he's yeah. kind of lost a step. Like the separation just isn't there for him. So I'm kind of worried. Yeah, but and so I then guess, I, go ahead. I was gonna say then I would have Tim Patrick higher. Even with even if you take away that last play, which I know you had to love because he was trying to score. Yeah. <laughs> on that play, which was kind of like such a jerk move, but I it was I was laughing when it was happening. Even if you take that away, let's just say we take it away. They still had like what 80 yards a solid day. He's only had one bad game since week three. So. I think Tim Patrick should one of them needs to be hired. And if you don't, and I have no problem with you not liking Judy. So it, between the two, I would put Patrick in kind of that Kirk range as well. All right. I'll do I that. play Patrick over Fulgham. Fulgham yeah. That, that's exactly where I just put him in. I put, so now Fulgham is number 47. Tim Patrick is number 46. He moves up this week in the rankings. Tim <laughs> Patrick moving up six spots from 52 to 46. I'm sorry, I, Travis. I feel so bad for you. Don't, well, don't, that, that, that's, that's what me. he gets for being an alum from your shitty school. Oh, thanks. Hey, we're the monarchs, man. We're regal lions. <laughs> the monarchs are butterflies. No, that's the mon. It's the lion monarchs. Oh, it's sure, sure regal. it is, Jake. <laughs> that's what they are. Is it on the hat? Hold on. Yeah, it's on the hat. It's not the lion. The lion's not on the hat, but the little crown. See? Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a regal butterfly, a monarch butterfly. No, it's a regal lion. It's not. It's hey, not a lion. It's our, a our, our lion mascot actually got the mascot of the year thing from ESPN or whoever does it like five years ago. Cool. <laughs> just... uh, in the 50s, I have some just like, again, without any buys, there are some like playable guys down here. Like, I don't know if I'm buying Demir Bird. I'd probably still rather play Jacoby Myers. And I'm frankly, I just don't yes. want to play a ton of Patriots telling the truth in the receiving game. <laughs> How about Kaderil Hodge at Jacksonville? If Baker was looking downfield, it was to him last week. Yeah. So something that not credit to me, credit to the beat writer for the credit Athletic who said that. Mayo. <laughs> I'm taking who said, and I, I think we talked about it on your show, and that's why, maybe that's why. But he said that Kaderil Hodge, once healthy, was the better number two choice than Rashad Higgins. Uh, so don't forget about him. Stash him in super deep leagues and all that type of stuff. I'm with you. And actually, Hodge, more routes, more targets, and more deep ball opportunities. It looks like it's Landry and Hodge now instead of Higgins just because Hodge is back to being 100%. 
Uh, the other ones I thought you were going to bring up because you already brought up the fact that if Darnold's at quarterback, if no Darnold is co- at quarterback, I'll ask you the question, where do you feel like you're moving Mims and Perriman up to? Uh, I would probably move them. I guess it depends on, I need to see the shadow index. Uh, so FDNDaily.com, if you want to check out the shadow index, when it's updated on like Wednesday evening. But Xavier Howard's going to take out one of these guys. So I got to figure out which one it's going to be. So the other yeah. guy who's not on Howard. The other, the other one. <laughs> The non Xavier Howard guy, like, does he is he a shadow or is he a side, or do you not know? I believe he is a side, but here's the fun part about the Jets' offense I don't think they do much moving around. <laughs> I, don't, I thought you were gonna say I don't, they don't give a damn, but I, I don't. Well, I mean, too. that's very much on the table, too. Also, let's see, Brashard Perriman 39 38 left and right, Denzel Mims 33 and 45. So they move back and forth. To your question, Xavier and Howard, or not your question, my question for you, Xavier and Howard, 56% of the time on the left, 33% on the right, which makes it sound, sound like, like he shadows. Yes. Actually, I can, yeah, I can look this up on FTN Daily right now. I'll see what it was as of last week per the shadow index. This is just thrilling stuff here. Just looking up stats as we go. <laughs> this is valuable stuff, though. It really is because even if Darnold's at quarterback, the second one could be the intriguing boomer bus play. It's true, but even if we do know that he shadows, we still have to figure out who he is shadowing is the problem. I would uh, assume Perriman. That's just my my football take would be the veteran who's very similar skill set and the guy who's done it. Why why not why worry about taking away a rookie who will probably struggle a lot of weeks with average coverage? Uh, let's see here. He shadowed in week two. He shadowed John Brown on 97% of routes. In week four, he shadowed DK Metcalf on 89% of routes. So those there are the two go. Those are the two biggest ones that he's had so far this season, um, just above 85%, because that's what we're looking at here in terms of the shadow. But you're index. deep play guys. Yeah, so maybe. But Mims but, and Perriman both are. Both deep play guys, yeah. So it's probably Perriman. So Mims might end up being the play. There you go. See, we broke it down. It was interesting. Yeah, I, I still don't want to play either of them. <laughs> <laughs> of course. For all that, don't play either one of them. I mean, if he's like 30, I haven't looked at the pricing yet for DraftKings, but if he's like 3,300 on DraftKings, then it's intriguing. So we skipped right past, and then let's talk about another one situation like this. With the way that Mike Williams has started to show up recently, are you worried about him with Tredavious White? Because Tredavious White's not going to spend a lot of time on Keenan Allen. Yeah, I am. That's why he's down at number 55. But I mean, he'd probably be at okay. 55 anyway. Like, I don't, I, he's sort of matchup agnostic because half. DJ the, Moore. Not, but worse because he's going to, like, <laughs> twice a year, he's going to score three touchdowns in one game. And then he's going to be hurt for the other half of the games. And then other games, like, he gets two targets. And it doesn't really yeah. seem to be matchup dependent. It's, it, I mean, it's the Bills. Keenan Allen primarily plays the slot. They get killed by slot receivers. This could be like 35 targets for Keenan Allen. <laughs> he's uh, we've been joked about the entire year he's the number one and number two wide receiver on this team to go back to since we're on this kind of shadowing thing i i kind of missed it when you were talking about alan robinson at 10 for jair alexander feels a little bit high yeah who else they throw him to uh pff, a good question but the if I told you 10 targets to Allen Robinson covered by Jerry Alexander, and it might be Trubisky this week. Fun. I mean, we're talking about he, he might get the catchable percentage that Fulgham's looking at and come out with two receptions. See, that, but that never happens to Allen Robinson is the thing. Like, again, he's only ever played with shitty quarterbacks, and he always gets his number. I was looking at Allen Robinson the other day, just like scanning through the game logs, and just 
it's never a situation where you want to watch it because it's never that great. But his floor is legitimately 10 points. So he's going, he had six for 43 against Minnesota. Uh, that was on nine targets. So cracks 10 point, I guess in full point PPR and half point PPR, he doesn't seven for 81, six for 87, four for 75 for 53, 10 for 97 for 101, 10 for 123. Like, if he ever scores a touchdown, he's basically scoring twenty points just based on the floor that he what brings. It, every which game. one of those? What? Which? Uh, which one of those games was against the Rams? Uh, I found it. Four for four for seventy yards against the Rams. Like he just gets he points. gets there every week. That's actually his worst target. Yeah, that's the only game he doesn't even have seven targets. Yeah, nine nine seven four nine sixteen ten thirteen nine nine. Like it, it's. He's not fun. He's not the top five guy that we thought he would be just because he doesn't have the quarterback not that far from it, <laughs> but he's not, but no, but the volume wise he is. And that's what we wanted going into the year. Like he is the guy here. It's just, we didn't expect the quarterback play to be this bad. <laughs> uh, I think, yeah, I think even in our worst assumption, it was going to be bad, but this is a whole other level of bad. Yeah. Uh, Remember there... when it was like, Hey, Nick Foles can't be worse than yeah. Mitch Trubisky. I do. I do recall that conversation. You know, <laughs> Sanders against the Broncos. One, your favorite thing, a revenge spot. But Taysom Hill was looking his way down the field in that game against the Falcons. Like, if he was ever airing it out, it was two Sanders. And he was. It was a couple bombs. It's just whether or not Taysom. It's the Cam Newton. You, you might get the Demir Bird game because he airs it out a couple times. But more often than not, it doesn't work out, but I could see that being the boomer bust play. I was actually looking up Allen Robinson's target percentage on the year. Dude's not even as high as I thought he would be. No, it's not, right? Which, which I it's thought 24. was... 24.5. He's 12th. Well, because Darnell Mooney and Jimmy Graham and and now David Montgomery every single game is like four or five targets. Anymore. Yeah. Wow. You want to know who's fifth? A it, tight end. Uh, in overall target share for the year? Yeah. Darren Waller sitting at 27.7%. Top four, Allen, Thielen, Hopkins, and Diggs. Allen? Adams, Thielen. No, Allen. Adams is seventh. I have Adams, Myers, Diggs, Hopkins, Allen. Because the Myers thing is like games that you've actually started. So I, okay. in terms of target percentage and like, because it doesn't factor in the game. Okay, so, so this, like, yeah, this, this one accounts for the game's you weren't play- like it includes the total team targets percentage. Oh, okay. So yeah. So what uh, the air yards and target percentage that we use at FTN daily, it's a free stat, by the way, it's in the description. I have Adam's better stat. I, what's that? I said, it's a better stat. It's a better stat to do the only games that you've played. Yeah. Well, it's actually telling in that sort of sense. Like that's what you're actually looking for. Devonte Adams, 34%. Jacoby Myers, 31%. <laughs> Stefan Diggs, 30%. DeAndre Hopkins, 30%. Keenan Allen, 29%. Darren Waller, 29%. Adam Thielen, 28%. McLaurin, Jamison Cratter, Robbie Anderson, Elvin Kamara, and then Richie James at 25%. Oh, God. <laughs> that, that, like, one game. <laughs> well, I was going to say, is that one or two games? <laughs> but I, you know who's shockingly high on this list is actually Denzel Mims at 25%. Oh, you didn't do it. You Mimsy! Do it. There you go. There you go. Who was a shocker? Yeah, then you have Allen Robinson at 25%. Trying to see Corey Davis is at 23. That's not bad. But somehow Hollywood Brown is at a 23% market share, which just blows my mind considering how bad he is. I don't even care if you if you don't get it. Looking at the air yards leaders, who did you have that pulled up in front of you? Or do you want to try to guess who the top air yards guys are 
in terms Air of yards t- t- first t- team yeah team and it's conducted the same way like team percentage of air yards i don't know i just have targeted air yards period no i'm so just saying I'll if, get- if you were trying to guess who would you guess i would guess metcalf metcalf is seventh he he has okay. 23 per- no sorry he has 39% of his team's air yards. It's actually Jacoby Myers at almost 50%. Is it? Yeah. Jacoby Myers is just like dominating all. Where's Tyreek Hill? Tyreek Hill is a lot lower than you'd think. He's at 36. I mean, he's at 36%. It's an absurdly high number, but it's not as big as maybe you'd think for the type of routes that he runs because he runs a lot of short right. ADOT routes as well, like a lot of bubble screens. And like when sometimes Travis Kelsey is just randomly open 30 yards downfield for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we forgot about that giant guy who's impossible to cover. What about Terry McLaurin? Terry McLaurin's got to be near the top, right? He's, he's number two. It's Myers, McLaurin, Devontae, Thielen, Richie James, DJ Moore, Stephen Diggs, Metcalf, Marquise Brown, Darius Slayton, Michael Thomas, uh, Robbie Anderson, Paris Campbell, Paris. Justin Jefferson and Tyreek Hill. No Chase Claypool? No. Uh, I guess when they're all, yeah. It's because they throw to like, and they love bombing it to Ray Ray, who never catches it too. I was going to say James Washington do. Yeah. He gets his occasional. They they get their two like deep 60-yard bombs per game. Would you be intrigued in James Washington on Thanksgiving if there is no Juju? Not in my season-long league, no. I don't think so. I I, I get it, but that's also a zero waiting to happen. Oh, well, that was because you brought up the Ray Ray McLeod thing. And the last time that happened, it's like Ray Ray all of a sudden got opportunities and just they, they seem to have a thing with him this year. Him and Betty Snell. Like, who knew? Yeah, it, it's Jeff and I were talking about this on the Thanksgiving show is that the team is what 10 and 0 at this point and they have no MVP candidates. Like, that's it's really bizarre. <laughs> it's just because they've done a it's really Mike good Tomlin. job of just spreading it all around. They have. They definitely have. I think it. I mean, if you would have said healthy, you could argue Deontay Johnson for the games that he's played, but that's about it. Yeah. Tight ends? Talk about those guys? Oh, no, I wanted to ask you about Spiro Agnew, because I asked you to look up the stat for me earlier uh, yeah, today. You did. And this is more of a DraftKings thing than the season-long thing as well, almost in the same vein as James Washington. But if Danny Amendola sits again, I do think that Agnew at 3000 bucks is a good DK play on, th- on Thursday. I, I could see it. it. It would definitely have to be no. Is it? Is it no Amendola or no Galladay and Amendola? I would say no Amendola because I don't think that they'll move Marvin Hall to the slot. I think they'll let Agnew run out of the slot still. Yeah. Okay. That's right. I was just curious. To, by the way, I like your little sneaky. Uh, I can't look at your tight end rankings. It takes me to air yards and FTN instead. Oh, does it actually? <laughs> <laughs> that that's actually a mistake. I'm just full of mistakes when it comes to the <laughs> rankings today. I love it though. It's like, oh, whoops! Here, <laughs> air Well, listen, people like to people like to look at air yards. They should go look at air yards. Let's talk about tight ends though. Uh, if you click on defense, unless that one's fucked up too, it should take you to the same thing because they're both in the same article. Uh, well, let's find out. Yeah, that one works. <laughs> all right, good. I'll have to go back and change that after the show. Kelsey Waller, Hawkinson, <laughs> Andrews, Ingram, Goddard, Hurst, Hooper. Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry. I was thinking about moving Jordan Reed higher. I have him at number 11 right now, but you know, he's like a coin flip to make it through the first quarter. So there's that (laughs) Noah Fant, Logan Thomas, Gronk, Dalton Schultz, Jimmy Graham, Jared Cook, Robert Tunyon, Eric Ebron, and Mike Gesicki. All 20 of the, and after that, it's like Burton and Will Disley and Higby. And then Dan Arnold, if uh, Darnell, what the hell is his name? Darnell, not Dawkins. The other Arizona tight end who's not Max Williams. Daniels. 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 If he sits again, it seems like 
all of a sudden Tarzan Dan's on the field a little bit more. <laughs> Tarzan Dan. Yeah, the only one, like, there's it's tight end. After you get past the top couple, we've been saying it all year long, you're just hoping for a touchdown. Last week was actually the first week where we had a decent amount of top 10 tight ends actually finish as top 10 tight ends. It was a really good week. Outside of this, the only flyer where maybe if you don't own any of these guys inside your top 15, maybe 16, if you want to throw Graham, it's hard to try. It's hard to trust Cook with Taysom Hill at quarterback, but the Will Disley with no Greg Olson now that he he becomes intriguing. Are we certain that it's not going to be a, like a weird no. Jacob Hollister? Game? Hollister? No, we're not certain at all. But I'm going to go off the town of what we saw last year with Disley and kind of like the matchup situation. But no, it's, there's no there's no certainty there at all. We're talking about tight ends. Yeah, I have Disley at 22 and Hollister at 26. I have no idea. Oh, there's know. one. I would move Aikens higher. Now that he's healthy. When when Aikens is healthy. He is the guy. And actually, the coaching staff just talked him up this week, too. Oh, yeah, that means he's going to be terrible. You know, <laughs> Probably. Detroit Lions have actually been solid against tight ends because nobody needs to go to the tight end against them. Yeah, I, I can't envision myself playing Jordan Akins here. I sh- it, bef- before I tried to play the game of going after the Rams tight ends, I would go with him, but we're still only talking about the 20s. Yeah, and you don't need to this week. That's what I'm saying. Without bye weeks, like there are... From Trey Burton, I have Trey Burton at 21. Like, that's kind of the cutoff line of, like, all these guys are theoretically playable. They're probably all good for, like, three points, but at least they get usage on their teams, which is more you can say about a lot of these guys. I don't even really want to play Trey Burton. I, 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 I wouldn't, I wouldn't like want it. to play him either, but I think that he's viable, yeah. at least. Yeah, I just... Uh, I, but see, that's the thing. If I'm going to say Trey Burton's viable, I'll say Jordan Akins is viable. I'd rather play Trey Burton. At least Rivers, like, only throws to tight ends when they get in the red zone. T- plural tight ends he's got three now <laughs> yeah. i'm sure there's something we haven't even heard about yet too oh there's guarantee i'm sure they have a fourth tight end because it's them they, they're one of the only i think they're one of three teams that have run a three tight end set this year three tight ends what the hell are you doing? quarterbacks for the week i got kyler at number one he is dealing with a shoulder injury so watch out for that but it looks like he's going to play in patriots is spelled wrong in my column Good oh God. by the way noah Togi I Togi I whatever they do have a fourth tight end. <laughs> Perfect. Get him in the game. Touchdowns galore. <laughs> so go ahead. I just had to bring that up. Kyler Murray, Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Deshaun, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. I love Daniel Jones this week. I just love this Giants team in general this week. I can't wait for them to lose by like 500 points, but I like. Oh, da- of course. I got you Daniel, Daniel Jones at nine and Taysom Hill at number 10. The rushing numbers on these guys, uh, I think, make up for tougher matchups behind them. It's kind of a separator between the big eight. You kind of play every single week. Those two because of the rushing upside. Then better guys, but worse matchups like. Roethlisberger. Lamar just isn't that good. Like, he's been a bad fantasy player this year. Cam Newton. He's running again and no running back situation. You might get you might get the 80-yard Lamar Jackson rushing game. You might, but you might get an 80-yard Daniel Jones game or an 80-yard Taysom Hill game, and they have better matchups. Sure. So that's why they're ranked. If people are wondering, that's why I have those two ranked ahead. Uh, and Taysom Hill looks far more likely to call his own number at the goal line than those other two, too. That's that's a... That's a it looks he's like Josh Allen without the arm. Yeah, basically. So, or Cam yeah, it seems like there's going to be more designed runs for Taysom Hill than a lot of these other quarterbacks. So, like, Kyler is really the only one who has, like, designed goal line runs for himself that actually work. 
<laughs> That's because he's fast as hell. But uh, Taysom Hill is actually faster than Cam Newton at this point. Well, I mean, Josh Allen is like the, the highest end of this. I don't even think they have that many designed runs for Josh Allen near the goal line. He's just like, yeah, I'm going to run this in. No one can stop me. I'm <laughs> he's huge. just like, F it. <laughs> yeah, like we're on the two-yard line. Let's go like this. It'll be fine. He's, he's Peyton Manning. He's, just, he's like, screw it. I'm calling my own play. Yeah, he's an athletic Peyton Manning. <laughs> I don't go that far because now you're talking about the throwing ability. But anyway. So continue. Roethlisberger, Lamar, Cam Newton, Derek Carr, Ryan Tannehill, Teddy Bridgewater, Alex Smith, Carson Wentz, Kirk Cousins, Philip Rivers. That's where, you, I mean, there's plenty of guys that you can pick up from that list. If anyone had Teddy Bridgewater, they dropped him last week. If not, like Alex Smith against the Cowboys isn't a bad play. No, he's not. I think we talked about it earlier. It was how you get your scenario for J.D. McKissick. Alex Smith threw for 300, threw for 390. Alex Smith in that game, Joe Burrow had 200 and touchdown. Smith had about 100 and touchdown before Burrow left, and that's when everything went to crap because Washington just was like, oh, we got this game. Let's just grind it out with Antonio Gibson the rest of the way. But up to that point, it wouldn't have been a 300-yard game, but it probably easily could have been 240 and 2 for Alex Smith. So, you know, again, if the Cowboys are better, as we've seen with Andy Dalton, and they can push the pace a little bit and get the scoring into the 20s, you can have a solid game from Alex Smith. The one I was going to bring up is I'm looking at I was seeing if we had any reports yet. We don't as of Tuesday when we're doing this, but we can. The Jaguars have to go back to Gardner Minshew, right? Is he healthy? I've, he was that was like the reports that he was like healthy last week. And I put that in quotes because it's like that. They're they're tanking. They got to be tanking. If you're going to roll out Jake Luton one more time, they are tanking. I, I have Luton in the rankings right now over Minshew. I, know. I have him at number 31. Like I would go back to Minshew. That's me, but I'm not the coach. I'm about yeah, to be. And, I'm and, not about to be fired. Doug Marone. <laughs> Apparently, the team still loves him. What the hell? the hell that means? Is he just a great guy? Is, is that? I don't know. He brings him donuts every single day, like Nando. I don't know. Yeah, Nando not, DeFino for everybody that doesn't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean, back when Nando was my boss as well, yeah, donuts all the time, very coffee for everyone. He's just trying to fatten everyone up. It was like yeah, Nando, Nando super nice. It's like Nando, we're running a television network here. We need the people thin. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I would if Gardner Minshew does play, which you know maybe he's not healthy. I would Gardner Minshew would immediately slide him up by like Teddy Bridgewater level, Ryan Tannehill level. Yeah, he'd be like 17, 18, around that range. I'm just, if we're worried about Stafford's thumb, he's playing through a thumb injury. If I, I just have no sense of how healthy he's That's actually. How healthy be. he is. Yeah. I think if, he, if they go back to him, then they're clearly not doing the whole tanking route, and I think he's healthy, so I would slide it back in. All right. Def- and I would feel better about Chark. Yes, I would too. Defenses, to close this out, I got the Giants at number one against Ryan Finley. The Saints (laughs) at number two, uh, the Dolphins, the Steelers, the Browns, the Footballs, the Raiders, the Cardinals, Ravens, and Patriots. That's the top ten. Then the Packers, Seahawks, 49ers, Chiefs, Bucks, and Bears. Not an easy week for defenses by any stretch of the imagination. A lot of normal defenses that you would feel good about using just have high-scoring opponents. (laughs) Yeah. But the one that's of your entire list that might or likely is, it is widely available because of how bad it's been. The Seahawks against Carson Wentz, who gets sacked like nobody's business, is throwing turnovers or throwing throwing interceptions and has played a little bit better of late. And you know the Eagles are not going to be able to stop the Seahawks. That would be the intriguing one that I think you can get in a lot of leagues. Uh, I would say that the Raiders are probably almost across the board unowned after playing the Chiefs last week. That's a good one, too. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. 
Yeah, if they were owned, they were probably dropped at that point, and that was the end of it. Yeah, nobody was holding on to them for their game against the Chiefs. And again, just so we hammer this out, I think we've been saying it for three weeks now, the Browns are up to like 70% ownership, which means they're still lingering out there for people. Whether you think you need them or not for the fantasy playoffs, pick them up right now so people can't use them against you. Them? Yeah, absolutely. I know a lot of teams have finally started to hold on to Washington, Miami, Baltimore, Chicago, and... The Rams have the Seahawks. I think I think you have to avoid the Rams one week because the 14 and 16 is it 14 and 16 and they get Seahawks in week 15, but they're not bad, but you have to avoid them one week. All right. Jake Seeley, your rankings are out at midnight, and I presumably they'll have correct spellings, correct links, and everyone in them. <laughs> unlike mine. <laughs> uh, well, no, I I do the if it sounds doubtful, I don't put them in the ranks, and then I get what you get. I get if he plays, where would he rank? Well, as always. Tune back. The rankings. Yeah, t- t- tune back in at a later date once they declare it <laughs> around. How about that? We're just trying <laughs> to cut much. down on work for ourselves here. We can't be bothering this 24 hours. I told day. you the one guy wanted me to do two sets of rankings. One with all the questionable people out and one with all the questionable people in. Well, then what, what if part of some of the questionable people are actually like somewhat doubtful? And they're like, you really have to factor it in. Right, the three straight, three sets of the rankings. This is my everybody's in. This is everybody questionable. This is everybody doubtful. Yeah. Although... Doubtful and questionable don't even exist, or questionable does. Doubtful doesn't exist anymore. Doesn't even exist anymore, yeah. That's why I use likely in and likely out. Like, just from, because people ask me about that. Like, well, how do you know if they're likely? It's, I don't know if they're likely. It's just by the reports, <laughs> it sounds like they're probably going to play. <laughs> it doesn't mean yeah, it's right. So that's why it's likely in and likely out. Those, those positions can be re- reversed, like, two days from now. Well, how do you define likely then, Pat? I don't put it that way. How I'm feeling at that moment. If it's 3 a.m. on a Monday and I know I got to be up in an hour because my son wakes up way too early, then uh, guys, my kid's thrown in. How about that? Oh, you were you were as like where to find my stuff. I cut you off from that part. Yeah, so I wanted this just for everybody out there watching the Pat Mayo Network, the Mayo Meeting Network. Uh, if you wait till Friday, Black Friday special. Uh, you, yeah, this is legitimately the best deal you've ever seen with the Athletic. By the way, well, what is the deal? Mm, let's just say it doesn't cost you more than Anything. a dollar for a very long time. So 99 cents for the year? No, but times 12. I, I, let me dance around saying what it is. <laughs> so it's 10 bucks for the year? No. There's 12 months. Yeah, you said less than a dollar per month. I'm just... No, I said not. I said. Well, eleven ninety nine doesn't even make sense because then you're looking at like ninety eight point something. No, it's a dollar. I'm trying not to say what. Like I can't like say exactly what it is. Why can't you say what it is? Hype the people up. Because I'm trying to without having to say exactly what it is. Jake, I gotta ask you. <laughs> if the athletic is charging a dollar per year at this point, how can they afford to pay your seven figure salary? <laughs> um. By the way, it's not a dollar a year. It's just do it. I threw out twelve. I threw out a dollar. I threw out Black Friday. You figure it out and show up on Black Friday. All right. We got to deal with FTN. I'm holding on the Barkley, by the way. That's what I'm doing with my arm. Yeah, we got to deal at FTNFantasy.com right now. You don't even need Black Friday. It's just up right now. We're not trying to coach you into coming around like two days from now. You go to FTNFantasy.com. It's 20 bucks for the rest of the year. Uh, that takes you through the playoffs, too. The start sit tool, all the premium stats tools. If you want to upgrade a little bit and get a bit more serious because a lot of money is on the line, FTNDaily.com. Code Mayo gets you a discount. It's already down to like 79 bucks. The discount will get you even more. If you play more than $10 a week on DraftKings or wherever, then it's probably something you want to invest in. Optimizer, projections, all that stuff. What? 
No, I was saying get it. I agree with. I'm use your site. Get it. Oh yeah, it's helping it, you out. Yeah, I mean, you didn't have to pay for it. I just gave you one, but uh, you like it, right? Yes, I was encouraging people to buy it. Yes, there we are. So buy it. Listen to Jake. Go buy it. I'm Pat Mayo. You can follow me at the PME, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I have the Spread Pick Show on Wednesday. The two Thanksgiving shows are already out. I'll have the DraftKings show for Sunday on Thursday. And then the rankings update on Friday as a Canadian. I don't do Thanksgiving. So I'm just going to be here doing content for y'all, all right? You enjoy your Thanksgivings, though. You too, Jake. Have a happy one. Hopefully, you guys can go see your family. It'll be awesome. If not, you know, have a good internet connection and FaceTime, and you can Zoom it all out. Then you don't have to have, like, no, I don't even want to say that. Uh, anyway, I'm Pat Mayo. Thank you all for watching. I'll see you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.